0: Mason, yes, sir, you want to hear a story? Do I have a choice? No,
1: not really. Let's do it. You signed up for this thing, so <laughs> um, back when I was with the window and door company, there's this house in Paradise Valley, and they had a custom home built, very nice side of the mountain uh they had a huge slider system put in, and um, it was a I think it was a 10 panel system. So these are four feet by like 10 feet. And then it would make a 90 degree turn, and there was an additional, I believe, three panels. Um, and the, there was an issue with the weather stripping at the bottom, or there was some frustration with how exactly the weather stripping went to the floor. So it was then requested or in the course of whatever, we had to go in and pull every single panel, put them on saw horses, pull them apart on the bottom and redo the weather stripping. So And I think it was with a different kind of weather stripping. So we had to use this special tape called VHB tape. It's this, uh, it's like eighth of an inch thick Double-sided sticky tape that once you stick, it's not unsticking. This is the kind Mm -hmm. of tape where you're going to leave it there, let the sun beat on it, it won't move. Anyways, I had to do this for every single door in that system and then I think in several others as well. But it was a matter of just taking down every single door, laying it on sawhorses, pulling apart the bottom, putting it back together, and it was just this most annoying thing where it was like... A huge time block set aside just to be like, all right, we had, I think there were two crews running, uh, two or three crews running, and it was just like, get it down, bang it apart, and the next guys are trying to work on a door, and you got to put them up, and you got to do it sequentially as well. Because you've got the two doors that come to a 90, you can't just take all the doors off and then put it back in whatever hodgepodge way you want. You've got to be able to have those two doors be your final doors, and the first two doors. usually are specific as well. So it was one of those things where it was like, all right, here we go. And just, in the end, it's like, cool, it looks the same, but the homeowner was happy in the end.
0: A lot more work for what it looked like.
1: Yeah, basically. So, but they seem to be happy, so. Ballpark, how heavy those panels were combined. Oh my gosh, like, it's thousands of pounds at that point. So... Yeah, because you've got a couple hundred pounds per panel, and when you're doing 13, that's going to add up real
0: quick. Yeah, that's real fast.
1: Yep. All right, well, it's December 26th, so Merry Christmas, boys. Merry Merry Christmas, Christmas. dude. Uh, What did we get into this Christmas? Mason, we've got more to talk about with you as far as you were gone last week in Denver, so we'll with you.
0: Had a little boys trip out to Denver to watch the uh, Broncos Cardinals game. That was an awesome trip, but the Cardinals suck. It's very frustrating. <laughs> very, very frustrating. So, other than the Cardinals, the trip was fun. It was uh, <clears throat> coldest balls out there. I think the highest it was was like 41. And it got all the way down to like 15 degrees, one night. wasn't prepared for it. I had to go buy some long johns and some uh, uh mitts, because we got off the plane outside waiting for the bus to come pick us up and uh, take us to the car rental, and I couldn't feel my fingertips. So there was quite a few things we had to do before we could uh, you know go out and about and enjoy the enjoy our time but it was nice it was cold but we we got to explore downtown the airbnb we stayed at was kind of cool it had ping pong pool table darts shuffleboard and it was me scott who's not here and uh two other guys so it was cool it was nice we got away denver seems like a pretty cool city it's a little uh like downtown phoenix where it has its rough spots but it's like you know in the country where there's actually like green trees
1: yeah yeah that's cool yeah how's your christmas
0: christmas was a success um kiddos loved it they were up about 5 30 <laughs> so that was good and then uh we tried to wrap presents beforehand a little bit well at least my wife did and then I was like, I'll just go to bed, you know, I'll take care of the little, uh, stockings and stuff. Well, my wife, she's a sweetheart, but, uh, we hid a lot of the presents inside the garage and she forgot like two boxes. So I was up until probably about one o'clock wrapping presents, trying to get things together as she slept. <laughs> <laughs> and then got up at five thirty. <laughs> but it was good. Kids loved it. They always do. Um, so yeah. It was cool. Nice. Yeah. Santa didn't bring me anything, but it's okay. I forgive him.
2: <laughs> Not even socks? No. Not even socks. Joe, how's your Christmas? Pretty solid. Um, got to hang out with some people and do some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs>
2: there are things involved, so mostly gifts. Um, I didn't do a whole lot of shopping this year, but apparently some people did some shopping for me that I wasn't expecting. Um, Do you enjoy Christmas shopping? uh, To a degree, yeah. I think it's fun when you know somebody well enough to be able to say like, hey, confidently they're going to enjoy this. But I feel like when you don't know somebody well enough, it's just, it's frustrating. Yeah. So if you're in that middle ground where it's like, okay, you know, especially if you're shopping for like a significant other, if you will, what the hell do you get a woman?
0: Yeah, that's tough. Like hairbrush. <laughs> hope, hope you didn't get a hairbrush. No, I don't even have a significant other right now. If it's not a significant other, gift cards, that's always a go-to. Yeah. People, do you guys like giving
1: gift cards? It's easy, but I don't like it. Do you like
0: getting gift cards? It I enjoy it a lot. So people who hate giving it, I'm like, why? I love gift cards.
1: It depends on what it is. Like I got a bunch of Home Depot this weekend, so when it starts to stack up, and I've got a bunch of Home Depot gift cards, it's cool. But when you've got like one-offs to where it's like, all right, it's one one thing here, one thing here, one thing here. It's like, all right, like
0: yeah, like cool. People, well, like at our Christmas party, no, there's no gift cards allowed. Oh. But like, if I came Christmas, all my gifts were just gift cards, I'd be cool with that. Yeah. So I
1: get to buy what I want. I just hate when you bring a gift card and someone got you like a super personal gift. Oh, yeah, it's like, that sucks. Ah, crap. Then you just feel like garbage, but yeah.
2: I guess my only issue with gift cards is like websites that you have to sign up for if you don't already have it. Like, I'm an insane person, so I don't have Amazon or like eBay accounts, nothing. Like, so if somebody gave me an Amazon gift card, I wouldn't know what to do with it. <laughs> it would be like, oh, shit.
0: There's a. There's kiosks inside specific stores, or you can go actually online, and you can, you'll can you lose money, but they will buy your gift cards for you.
2: I saw a retail store that does that. They had that. Buy it, like, um, what was it? The borrows out here. I think there's one over there. The one we went to off of the 17. and Oh, uh, Thunderbird? Yeah. Yep. There's yeah. a physical store that says, we will buy your gift cards. Yeah, I
0: think they take like 10% of it or something like that. Which Probably. is it's genius. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah, i found a website, too. They don't take a lot, either.
1: I hate shopping for Christmas, though. I was talking to my girlfriend this year, and I was like, this is... It's stressful, it's annoying, and I know a big part of it is I run my schedule too tight so that trying to layer on top of that running around to a bunch of stores that I'm like, I just don't want to do this. So, But like by the time Christmas comes, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm excited for it, but the whole getting things ready for it, I'm just like, no. If we could just skip that aspect, I would be... So much happier. I,
0: enjoy, so. I like Christmas shopping. I enjoy it. Can't do it online, though. So
2: Bobby was... Uh, Depends
0: on... Yeah, unless it, you're looking for something specific.
2: Yeah.
0: You got to get in the trenches. Yeah, you know You got to show <laughs> up somewhere. You got to <laughs> find the parking spots. You got to deal with the assholes.
2: <clears throat> Bobby
0: went and got camping gear for me,
2: which I wasn't expecting. But yeah. he, you know he had to show up to a store somewhere and be like, okay, so like this is what he talks about. And he had to like methodically think about it. So some effort went into that because it was a propane grill. So, all right, that's the coolest thing I've probably gotten for Christmas, like just about ever, because that's perfect. Especially because I like to camp out here in Arizona. Fire bans all of the time, so you can't make a fire. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no laws against propane grills.
0: Like so, the little mini ones that has yeah. the little toot, yeah. Yeah,
2: exactly. You got some skillets go with it, so it's just like bam,
0: bam, you know. Nice.
1: Yeah, that's badass. But um,
2: yeah, that's not something you can just like oh go online real quick.
1: Yeah. Or sometimes if you go online for some of those specific things, it'll be like, you'll get it in a month. Yeah. Or he was just walking
0: past somewhere. Oh, propane grill. Oh, Joe, <laughs> he likes to camp. He'll probably like that. <laughs> yeah. and it worked out really well for him. It, 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 <laughs> it, it, it very well could be. It, it may have worked out for him in that way. I
2: hope so. Well, I mean, I, whatever happened, I'm glad it did. But, yeah, I, um, personal personalized gifts are epic. Gift cards are a close second. And, um, you know, there are some people like that couldn't buy me anything in the world and they'd hug me and be like, all right, cool.
1: Yeah. Right. Take
0: wrong with cash. Hmm.
1: But yeah. Do you have a lot of family that you do Christmas with or is it just like your immediate family? We used to. Okay. <clears throat> when, you, when you used to do it, did you get gifts for everyone in the family or did you guys do, uh, like, draw names or stuff like that?
0: Um, my mom's side of the family, probably... Until I was, like, 21. And I'm probably one of the older ones of, uh, like, you know, all the cousins and stuff. Yeah. But it was for a long time where, like, all the kids would get a gift from everybody. Right. Yeah. 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 It's once, yeah, there started being grandkids. That now the grandkids, everybody got kid- presents for the the grandkids. Yeah. Us cousins would do name drawing, and then the parents would, of course, do name drawing. But, uh, Yeah. My wife's side of the family, her dad, we were still married and they were doing, like, gifts for everybody. And, like, everybody had to convince him and be like, look, like, there's too many people in this family.
1: What do you keep doing? I'm trying to, I feel like someone's weird with the audio right now, so I'm trying to find the... I'm getting some static on my end. I kind of like the white noise, but I'm uh, yeah. yeah. But anyways, we, we did, everybody got a present for way too long gotta do the name the names. I feel like my family's getting that point because we do we do the same thing with all the cousins and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but now that like there's parents, brother,
0: sister, well, and, I, and as people get older, like you're not kids where you can find a cool gift for twenty fifteen bucks right like now it's fifty I want bucks a yeah. person, minimal, and, yeah, yep
1: yeah. and. That adds my, my up. My brother's married, they've got a baby now, so it's like, alright, couple. Year, we've got a couple years where it's like, that kid's not going to know anything if I don't get him a gift, but at some point, it's going to be...
0: Can we get an update on the uh, Thaddeus love life?
1: Um, That's usually pretty private, but...
0: <laughs> I didn't mean like details of intimacy.
1: Yeah. Alright, what do you want to know?
0: Are you still dating that lady? Yes, we are. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Surprising, but
1: good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I actually spent the weekend, um, we did Christmas with my parents, Christmas Eve, then went over to um, her dad's.
0: Oh, uh, you better her family? How long have you guys been dating?
1: Um, Seven months now. So. Oh, has it been that long?
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay, never mind.
1: Yeah. Usually I keep it kind of uh, low-key for the most part. Gotcha. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, spent uh, Christmas Eve with her dad. And her brother, and then went over to her mom's house on Christmas and spent the afternoon there. And did some gifts, watched some football, stuff like that. So, nice. it was a good weekend. Joe, your love life? What?
0: You ever, you have a special lady in your life? No. Okay. Do you want a special lady in your life? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, dating sucks. Um. Yep. Yeah. For all nine viewers, he's yeah. single. Yes.
2: <laughs> I was shooting for Thaddeus, but he's off the market, man.
1: And Mason's happily married, so. Yes. yes. Sorry, yeah.
0: ladies and gents.
1: <laughs> and gents. But I
2: will use this time wisely to continue working on my shit boxes.
0: What did he say? His shitboxes, his cars. Oh, he did say shit boxes. Yeah, okay. shit boxes. Yeah. Okay.
2: They're not good by any stretch of the imagination. But they work most of the time.
0: Oh, you not one of those weird people that have that weird uh, sex fetish with cars? No.
2: Okay. Fortunately, not. I'm I'm not <laughs> cursed that badly.
0: <laughs> i Yeah, mean, I wouldn't judge like, you. I just think it would be funny.
2: It would be funny, but I'm not. I've not been cursed. Uh, I'm not that unfortunate. However, my cars are. I don't know if you can call it a fetish. It's just a really shitty incident, you know, where it's like they work 10% of the time. The other 90% they're down being fixed. Unless it's the daily. The daily gets all the love in the world. The daily gets window regulators on a regular basis.
0: The daily? Yeah. yeah one of your cars? No,
2: the daily driver.
0: Oh. Yeah. So what
2: you say so, when you have more than one. So yeah. you got oh, the okay. piece of shit that's broken all the time and you've got the daily.
1: Cause you've got your project cars. You've got the stuff that'll get you to and from work. And then yeah. there's the one that's like. There's some guys who will work on a car for like five years and it's like Yeah, I'm all they're always like three months away from getting it done. Yeah. I've been married too
0: long where or got married too young where never had that luxury of having more than one car.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, now you do, but what's
2: the most you ever had at one time?
1: A car?
0: Yeah. One.
2: Oh shit. Yeah. Daddy's so you're up to two now. Yep. Think That's so. what I mean. Like yeah, never had that luxury. Yeah, my current record what? to date I think is five.
1: Two of them are okay. really good. But here's the thing as far as with Joe's cars, like Joe understands the car market really well. He also knows how to fix cars really well. So there will be cars that people will be like, this is of no use to me. Like he had an F-250 at one point. He bought it for... 500 bucks. Right. So, And what he told me is, "Dude, selling it, can't get it to start, can't figure it out. Dude's redone so much with this truck thousands of dollars in repairs to a shop did oh
0: yeah he paid so he just wanted to get rid of it
1: y- yeah I... Basi- basically he's looking at it going this is a piece of shit that's sitting at my house and it's in tucson joe shows up takes it off his hands comes back and what'd you do to it
2: um so he had replaced the entire fuel system including the lines thinking it was a fuel related issue because that that's what his mechanic thought it was and i don't think this mechanic was certified at all on anything because when I got it and I looked under the dash, I saw a really badly burnt, uh, what was it, ignition switch connector. And it's like 20 wires. So three of them were burnt out to the starter. And then one of them was the actual relay or the uh, ignition switch wire mm-hmm. that'll tell it when to turn on and off. Well, uh, that also connects to the fuel pump, which is what it got burned out by that wire burning out. So the truck would just shut off intermittently when you'd be driving because it would just make a bad connection. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went in, threw a new connector on it, and then threw a new switch in it for fifty bucks. I was about to say, yeah, and it ran like a dream for what was? It? it was about a year and a half or so. Oh wow! Yeah, and I proceeded to sell it for a profit on top of putting tires and a bunch of other stuff into it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh. there's stuff like that, or yeah. like the he will resurrect cars from basically being yeah. totaled. So he he doesn't he he doesn't have two or three dime pieces.
2: No, never.
0: No, (laughs) No, I've owned one dime piece.
2: That was uh, the old BMW. That was
0: well. We'll have to uh, talk after the show. So I've got some stuff. See if you can diagnose with my car. I'll throw a brick at it.
1: Yeah. Your windshield—it's cracked. (laughs) All right. Well, let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sledgehammers in the Office podcast. where we celebrate the heavy hitters on the job site and in the office. Today, I'm joined by Joseph Morris. What are we drinking? Uh, we are just now finishing a Monster Energy drink. Mason Oxendale, what do we got?
0: Uh, I would like to note that Joe's Monster is a knockoff.
2: Yeah, apparently I got a phony one. There's no green
1: tab. I don't know if that's normal. It's sketchy. All right, <laughs> we're going to be sending emails after the podcast. It, so it did I have
0: little... my uh, go-to Rockstar Recovery Lemonade, and it's the that does have the Rockstar Black tap okay so it is real okay mm. no black market energy drink for you this morning nope see that's
1: why i'm awake and you're not
0: though <laughs> that, could <be> true. <laughs> that could be true
1: and then i've got the authentic shamrock chocolate milk the whole milk and you can tell because it's got the green cap on it so
0: <laughs> yeah we shop at real stores yeah <laughs> <laughs> we've got a collection of those going on over there <laughs> we should
2: probably do something about that today i just
1: want to stack it up see what happens Um, All right, let's get into some of our stats real quick before we move on. Uh, Active inventory, this was last week when I pulled it, 13,442 homes uh, in Maricopa County. This is going to be down uh, 1,966 from the month prior. Closed, we've got 4,199. That number's only down 115. Um, Interest rate, wasn't able to get the... Most accurate on that, but last time I ch- we checked, it was uh, in the low sixes. Uh, two by fours, three twenty-five uh, piece. That's down thirty cents o- within the last month. Plywood, twelve thirty. This one's down four dollars and eighty cents. And like we talked about, this is the one that's been moving around the most. Uh, Romex, same thing as always, forty-seven cents a foot. And Malika kind of talked about that in our previous podcast last week. So if you guys want to hear more about that, or if you missed that discussion, go ahead and. Uh, Check that out, and he kind of lays out everything that goes into all of that. So Message him directly. He has lots of free time. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, So, we're going to jump into Joe. This last week, uh, do you have any... Hold up. (coughs) Excuse me. Oh, Oh, that was super loud. Yeah, I'm glad my mic's down. You're (laughs) welcome.
0: Um, I was just looking up the Kurt numbers, too, so it looks like the... uh, we're uh down about two hundred homes active and about
1: on top of what we just said too,
0: yeah, so the active homes about thirteen two mm-hmm. right now, and closed homes last four weeks are just barely above four, thousand, which is about normal this time of the year, yeah, less active because people are either putting their houses temporarily off the market yep. or they're just not putting it on the market until the holiday, so hence the close numbers are going to be down a little bit so.
1: curious to see how it'll do in the beginning of january and i think we're a month and two days ago was thanksgiving so you're gonna lose several days right there on your close numbers so i feel personally i feel like the seeing where the close numbers are makes me happy the (coughs) active numbers is interesting as far as we're up above sixteen thousand. and then i was checking out and we're we're going to refer to it uh some of our later statistics from the Arizona Journal of Real Estate and Business that the listings that are coming on the market right now are hitting uh, a low. Um, and I, if I remember correctly, I thought it was for the year for the uh, listings that are coming on the market. Uh, but I feel like that's gonna be affecting our active numbers as well when our closed numbers are staying pretty steady. Yeah,
0: so the market's doing what it always does this time of the year, nothing special. From what you might hear everywhere else.
1: Yeah, for the most part. Christmas
2: shopping probably slows down home buying, I assume.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to be moving in the middle of all that crap. You see the same thing a lot of times with construction. Like, the construction that uh, particularly you're involved with the, with the luxury side, that one's different because most of those people have... Second, third, fourth homes. Exactly. So, they don't care or sometimes they're spec homes that are going to get sold. So... It's just about when does it get done? When can we sell it? So that's a good spot to be in, but there's some of those smaller companies where people will kind of put things on pause. And then I will say for some of the larger companies that things will go, will slow down a little bit too, just because how many people are taking vacation in December going into January? So usually we see all of that just ramp back up uh, for first or second week in January. So. All right, Joe, you got a project to talk to us about today? Um,
2: Always something cool. I spend a lot of time around a lot of really cool stuff, so it's hard to pick one, but there's usually one that stands out pretty good. And the more recent one, I think, is uh, a house that is so awesome that two of the neighbors sold their homes the minute they started building in this spot. Because you know how it is in, like, Desert Mountain, or uh, Silverleaf specifically. Uh, We went to a house where the resident had bought the two neighboring lots and put a bunch of cactus up to keep people away. Oh,
1: I forgot. That was the story I wanted to tell. Yeah. Right,
2: that's next week. So uh, that's a that's a good one there. That guy's cool. Really, really awesome guy. That guy's deserving of everything he's got. But yeah, that guy built two lots next to his house to stop people from moving in and so he could also grow some cactus.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Straight up baller move, but this dude, most down-to-earth guy ever. Um, it was one of my i think both of our favorite person like favorite customer to work with
2: yeah he's got six million in dirt
1: (laughs) oh my gosh if not more oh yeah
2: but uh yeah so they start building this house and it's right in the buttes of a couple of mountains you see it uh it's on almost school and something northbound it sits up there a little bit further north but it's a good spot and you can see it all the way down from you know the top of the 101 if you're looking for it in the right spot It's a really, really killer spot. I love this house to death. Um, What are you guys doing out there? It's a lot of doors and windows. I think the internal square footage is something to the tune of 15 or 20,000. But the blueprint of the house takes up a really big uh, portion of the butte. I think he's got everything between the the lower ends where the mountains actually start to curve up, or pretty much his. But he destroyed the neighbor's view when he built. And uh, this is a custom home where the guy picked the land and everything, so he knew what he was doing. But like I said, <laughs> the neighbors got so mad that he built there and like they totally ruined their view. So they sold. They're out of there. And the people who moved in hate us because we're always there doing something to it because it's just massive. It's huge. This guy's probably got... I want to say something to the tune of, like, 30 operable panels that are all within 10 feet tall and 4 or so feet wide. His entry door is 12 feet tall, I think. Operable panels. What do you mean by that? So, uh, slider... Well, panels, as in, like, doors themselves. Oh, okay. um, But as far as sliders go, because he's got systems in his kitchen and his great room, he's got 10 there alone. So, sliders,
0: like, to outside? Yeah. So, he has it. So, he... Closed off everybody else's view so he could have his own. Yeah, exactly.
2: Like Smart. his the entire backside of his house for the most part, with the exception of structural stuff, is a glass wall. That's sweet. So you walk in. Well, you walk up to his front door after you get up to his driveway, which is which feels like it's a mile long. But um, you're standing in front of the front door, and all, you can see straight through the house, clear across the entire city of Scottsdale. Like the Ooh. only thing that interrupts your view is literally whatever's in the air. If it's a cloud or rain or maybe a rainbow. <laughs> but that's the only thing that will obstruct your view all the way down to
1: South Mountain from this guy's front door. And then operable, operable panel uh, for a door system or a window system is going to be, like, if you have a window that opens, when you're looking at the drawings, you always refer to them as if you're looking from the outside. So the one that slides is your operable one, and the one that stays still is your non-operable So where this gets interesting for door systems is you can have one non-operable panel and then 10 operable panels that all will slide down on top of it. Mm -hmm. Or it can be a fully operable system where all 11 panels can slide into the wall.
2: Which is what this gentleman has. And it's called a 90-degree system, the way they part, uh, biparting operable, multi-slide. uh, pocketing is what he's referring to where there's a special uh, cutout in the wall that mm-hmm. all the panels stack in. So he's got 20 panels, I think, in his living room and kitchen alone that are all operated off motors, which he can hit a button on his phone and everything just opens. That's badass. Yeah. And that's not even, that's, not even a whole house. So that's just the kitchen and uh, living room. But, you know, master bedroom's also got something crazy. And he's got his section of the office 90-degree system pockets as well. And... Uh, to section his office off from the rest of the house, he's got panels that are, I want to say, about 12 feet tall and then about 5 feet wide that make a wall of their own that separate his office from the rest of the house. And if he wants to open the the office up to the outside, he opens up the doors that make up the wall in there as well, which is another six panels alone in that room. No, seven, because one of them's four and then three. That's sick.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's sick.
1: Yeah.
2: But yeah, just showing up places like this, seeing these insane homes where people... uh, The only limit is their imagination.
1: So were you doing a lot of motor work out there?
2: Uh, I did a lot of motor work early on in the build, and then there were some issues where we had to come back and play with some stuff, and you know, it came down to, we're going through drywall or we're going through stucco. Whatever finish he has on his wall, I think it may have been Venetian plaster, Mm -hmm. it was cheaper for us to go through with a stucco outside.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, Venetian plaster. There is a real estate event that... My friend Connor Tyke he's been on the podcast um, he invited me to and it was someone that he was associated with uh, from their real estate team she had a house in Paradise Valley off of no we won't say anyways um, beautiful home Paradise Valley and it was Venetian plaster all throughout the place and I was just like oh my gosh like I'm losing my mind in there and they're just kind of looking around going it's a wall and i'm like it is not a wall like this is the amount of time and effort that goes into venetian plaster and to be doing it floor to ceiling throughout the entire great room oh my gosh like i was i was geeking out and i was letting him know like hey this is not just oh throw some drywall on it and you're gonna be fine because it for those who don't know venetian plaster is sanded so smooth, when it's done correctly, it feels like glass that you're touching. The visual is super cool. You don't paint it like you would with drywall, and you don't usually go around touching walls, but the texture of the whole thing is is crazy. Have you ever cut through it?
2: No. Bad? Six inches by... I think 20-ish feet. Huh. <laughs> right above a door. <laughs> <laughs> how, how mad was the builder? Um, I don't think he was able to get mad after that because I think that was probably the worst thing that happened while trying to close that house. Now, for anyone building home or anyone ha- dealing with home right now in punchless, the last 5% takes longer than almost the rest of the build because it's the insane things that come up last minute that no one expects or a failure on a, uh, on a parts behalf, whatever it may be. But we are having an issue with the way a motor was operating. And we had to cut through this Venetian plaster to find the issue with the wiring and some other things that were going on above the door that had something to do with the motor. I don't think there was anything else. So we destroyed more than what the motor was worth in venetian plaster oh my gosh and i think they had to redo that entire wall which probably ran it must have been 100 feet or so if not more of (sighs) venetian plaster because it was wall to wall two different door systems so it wasn't a lot of square footage of it but there a lot of work needed to go back into that wall because you can't just repair venetian plaster you have to do the entire surface again
1: yep that's crazy (laughs)
2: Yeah. So that was fun to cut into. It felt insane. Um, no one told me the dollar amount until well after the fact, but I just knew everyone was pissed at me for running my circ saw on it, (laughs) (laughs) which is the fastest way to get through drywall. You set your, set your depth to just a little under five
1: eighths, go right through it. Yeah. Yep. Which if you're doing typical residential, go just under half inch. This is something nerd moment then we'll move on. Um, when you're doing your typical residential here in Arizona, it's going to be half-inch drywall. This is probably going to be typical for most of the United States, but we'll say case-to-case basis just so that we cover our asses. Um, half-inch is going to be the standard. If you're going to be commercial, it's going to be 5 eighths. Once you get over a certain square footage on a house, though, it then gets treated like commercial. So there will have to be a fire suppression system in the house. You'll go to 5 eighths drywall. The other one is going to be if it's high-density housing. So, if there's a lot of townhouses close together, if it's an apartment, it'll be 5 eighths. So, when you set your, if you're gonna be cutting something with a circular saw, set it just under 5 eighths if it's high density housing, or if it's commercial, or if you're doing something that is extremely large. And if it's just uh, typical residential, set it just under half inch.
2: Yeah. And if you're worried about running into electrical in a house like that with a circ saw, some work happened there that you shouldn't even be worried about in the first place. But odds are, if it's high voltage enough, it's probably going to blow up your circ saw before it kills you. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably just going to blow the motor up and uh, maybe send a little bit of shrapnel either way. But outside of that, you'll be fine. Yep. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, we've got several numbers to look at or a couple different pieces of data to jump into real quickly. So let's start on the real estate side and then we'll jump back over to the construction side and finish out our day with looking at one of our houses. So... Um, median purchase price. This is like we said, Arizona journal, real estate and business, they're tracking, they're tracking the median purchase price for us right now at 494, 200. This is going to be down roughly 5,700 from the last time we checked this. Uh, so guys, what do we think about the difference in the median purchase price for now? And then I'll also put the caveat with that where it was up at 540, Back in May of this year, that's a big number.
0: oh, so this is just from last month uh, from October gotcha
1: yeah, so usually they're I think uh, they're usually <clears throat> a little behind obviously because they'll probably they probably have their November numbers now and that'll be in the next uh, release that they have.
2: Now let me ask this question because I feel like this might be important because here in Arizona we have a disproportionate amount of people building multi-million dollar homes relative to certain states because we talk about places that are selling for like 30-40 million dollars right what is the likelihood that you know jobs like that that are selling at the same time as regular like half million dollar homes are affecting that median price to a substantial margin do you think that's a that's an actual variable we have to consider when we're looking at this. And houses may be selling for a little bit cheaper in a spectrum other than you know those
1: thirty million dollar homes we're looking at. Yes and no. Um, I think a lot of the luxury that we're seeing on the real estate real resale market is going to be between probably that two to twelve range right now. If you're have thirty, I, uh, I think the most expensive house. Remember that we were able to work on together was that ended up selling on the market was 29 million. So if it's built privately, I don't believe that that gets factored into all of this. Um, the other thing too, is I had that same question because paradise Valley saw, I believe it was a $1 million appreciation. Um, and that was, Earlier this year, I forget which exact month. And then we did see that come down a couple hundred thousand dollars. So I did wonder, okay, does that affect some of the drops we see in that median purchase price? But I think the volume that we see with Paradise Valley, Scottsdale, Cave Creek, like, yes, I'm naming several cities, but it's not the same, especially when you've got some houses where it's going to be on several acres. So it's like, cool. But when you go to a, um, a new build spot, whether it be like the company that, Mason's working with, or some of these others, you're fitting so many more houses in those areas. So I think the sheer volume in the rest of the Valley doesn't make that change as large. I did, like I said, I did kind of think the same thing. So when I was checking the numbers for this month, as far as the city changes, um, Paradise Valley wasn't down considerably. That was the biggest one. Scottsdale is up just a little bit. Some of those... Um, Paradise Valley seemed to be the biggest w- one that, uh, was changing this year, but I, I don't think it's honestly contributing. I don't think we could just say, oh, that's the reason why necessarily, especially when we kind of start looking at all the cities in general. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: I just ask, cause I think of a couple of communities specifically also in the PV district yep. where they have, you know, however many acres it is and the enclosed community. Yep. where these houses are selling upwards of 3 to $5 million for a single unit, and they're like semi-customs, if you will. Yeah. But, you know, they got 60-plus lots in one plotted land, you know, being sold for that much money.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the uh, the journal – I don't know where, how or where they grab their numbers from, so I don't know how badly it affects this specific number, you know, if they incorporate those, if they incorporate non-MLS,
1: MLS numbers. So – Mason, your thoughts on where the median purchase price is at, and where uh, how it's come down from? I believe this is September, September to October, and then um, from May to October. What were the numbers in May? Five forty.
0: Oh, so it's come down. Yeah,
1: nothing's gone up, right? No. Yeah, so we're just because we saw it slide from may to august from 540 to 500 and then from august to september it just went to 499 and then september to october now we're sitting at 494 200 so yeah so
0: i've said it before i think this is just a market correction due to the 2021 or the 2020 crazy you know price spikes of a home So, when you see things like this, like, oh, houses are down this percent, median house prices are down this, yes, they're down because it's a market correction, you know, the market spiked so high like we've never, ever, ever seen before, and it's coming back to normal. It's not that the market's dying or anything crazy like that, it's just they're coming back to more realistic prices, because I was trying to look it up because... I'm gonna start bringing some numbers comparing these prices of homes more to 2019 would probably be more accurate than you know 2020 2021 and stuff like that just to give you a better idea of minus the pandemic kind of like our houses really dropping no they're not they're still way higher than they were in 2019 but I mean it's not gonna drop dramatically so. Right. We saw a huge price drop back in May, June, July, October, or september october so the the drops are keep getting lower and lower in prices, yep. and I think we'll continue to see that until it eventually levels off
1: yeah, and I, I agree with that. I think in some ways, the way I kind of saw this, especially when we saw from August to September, it went from five hundred to four ninety nine when in the last couple of months it seemed like it was almost ten thousand dollar drops at a time mm-hmm. that it's almost My uh, guess or inclination was that maybe we're seeing, all right, is this kind of, is this the bottom? And obviously we don't know because there's some times where, okay, it looks like it's slowing. This is going to be it. It'll kind of rally and then maybe drop a little more. Um, But I think especially for it to be holding a little steady right there, that makes me optimistic that, okay, we're coming down but this might be where we're resetting this is our new floor so like mason said our floor is not set at 2019 numbers yeah. anymore but we're we're still going to be discovering where it's at and then we start our normal appreciation once again so um which a couple of numbers that surprised me for these cities I pulled just four of them was Tempe is up 72,000 Peoria was down 16,000 Litchfield Park was up 23,000 and then Goodyear was down 25,000 and then uh, we were going over the notes before we jumped on the podcast and we started getting into it a little bit and I know I kind of cut off the conversation because I wanted to save it for here but um, when we're seeing the median purchase price it's it's down for October uh, just like it's 5,700, but then you see Tempe up 72,000. It's, does that number jump out? Like to me, that number jumped out. So that's why I grabbed it. Does that jump out at you guys? Do you guys have anything that says, Hey, here's why we're seeing that happening? Can we like, do you think that that's going to stay where it's at? Do we see an adjustment in that area? What do we think? So, on the real estate side of things, I don't have much experience, but I used to
2: live pretty close to there, and I would say a lot of what people think about with Tempe is going to be campus, ASU, of course, being a huge factor out there, but a lot of people that are moving into Tempe, money isn't always such an object for them, especially if they're going to the school itself, because a lot of people come from out of state just to go to ASU because its many reputations, whether it be good, you know, their polytech program is okay or, you know... Uh, The parting is good because you've got Middle Avenue right there. (laughs) That's a big factor for a lot of these people. A lot of these cats coming over here from. I mean, I got to. I got along with guys who came from China to go to ASU, and they were doing all kinds of different medical schooling and what have you. But they come to the U.S. for the schooling, and they go back to you know do whatever their family has expectations for them out there. But a lot of these you know people are coming over here with substantial money already in the bank, and they just want to be near the school. But for people that are just trying to buy homes in the city itself, um, it seems to be a pretty big hot spot for, you know, the more culture, uh, or what is it? Not, I don't want to say pop culture. That's not relevant. But um, a lot of people move there for the culture of, you know, just being around young people mm-hmm. that are, you know, hip and cool. Yeah. But uh, Californians especially, um, you see a lot of California plates. You see a lot of people come from out of state, but from out of the country just to be in that area specifically
1: what would you say to the thought that tempe is kind of becoming the new downtown because i feel like just as far as i'll throw it out there my thought of downtown phoenix there's they're revitalizing a lot of spots right now and i'm super excited about that i'm super excited when someone's going to go in and take care of an area re, really try and reestablish the value all kinds of stuff like that but it seems that in terms of, we'll just say business, the new business money seems to be in Tempe compared to maybe Phoenix. Do you think that that feels like an accurate assessment of the situation? Because my idea would then be you've got maybe more people who are moving to that Tempe location because if they do have to go to Phoenix, okay, it's less traffic going that way. You're still in close proximity. But like you said, you've got a lot of the, um, like, just that's where you're going to find that culture stuff. If you're in North Phoenix, it's like, I love that area, but I love that area because you're in the city, but it's not busy like downtown with the activity, that you, the uh, all the things that you can go to. So I guess in some ways it's two parts. Do you think that Tempe's establishing itself as the new downtown for Arizona for business and activity and then just becoming... Um, a very nice place to live for the valley with good access i would say it's probably becoming the new downtown as far
2: as what um as far as for most youth at least because it's still a good place to go and hang out and the, party. Youth. the youth yeah so you you look at downtown phoenix and that's heavily business like there's there are places to go as far as downtown phoenix to have a good time and still party around and stuff but when we in the last decade the amount of building that's been going on for commercial and residential if you stood on Scottsdale Road and the 101 on the freeway and looked over Tempe, there's such a substantial difference because now you've got 30-plus floor you know, res- uh, commercial buildings and then you've got residential right over by Tempe Marketplace, which is a massive thing. And one thing I think you guys probably see a lot with uh, real estate when you're selling homes is how often do you say this is close to a freeway because you've got two of the most major freeways in the state right there. You've got the 101 you've got just about the 10 that intersect right in that spot. 101, one, 2, 2, and the 10 yeah, actually is not that far off. And the 60? And the 60, yeah. The 143 that'll take you to the southern part of the 10. If you're trying to go to Tucson or Nor- Nogales, Mexico, that's a big spot. A lot of people like to get out of the state for, or country for Go down to Mexico, three or four hour drive
0: from <clears throat> Tempe, really. Yeah. Any city that has a uh, well-known college in it can support a city like very well, so, like if you okay, think about
1: but, but my thing with this is that we're seeing a seventy two thousand dollar increase, and it's not like ASU got planted there a couple of years ago, and oh, it's now becoming a blossoming school it's like this has been an established state university, and we're seeing the seventy two thousand compared to everywhere else so it's yeah, well, just
0: think about um n a u and a small school like n a u and u of a like you ever been down in tucson mm-hmm. I feel like tucson the u of a university of arizona like sustains tucson you know people live you know it's just like it i don't know why i guess i don't really know why but if you have a good college there it seems to sustain a um, a city i mean like flagstaff is growing and they use a uh, tucson has some beautiful homes out there but like unless you went to tucson Or going to tucson like not a lot of people live out there unless they like went to u of a or something like that so i think that has a lot to do with like why does a small city like tempe like the prices raise um i wanted to shout out one of the people we work with trevor bragg he has a youtube channel called what was it i was looking it up uh living in phoenix trevor talks and he runs down some of the cities who Uh, He's talking about recession, you know, is Phoenix recession-proof, kind of stuff like that. And the uh, numbers for all the different cities and which ones had the best numbers during the 2020, 2021. And I think Tempe was number one. Like, the prices of the homes went up, more people were buying over there. Um, Don't really know why other than that, I think, that ASU People are moving out of state to come to ASU. People like, you know, there's a lot of industrial stuff, like you said, going on over there. There's just, it's a small city, but there's just so much going on over there. Yeah. So.
1: Well, that's what, like I was saying, I feel like it's becoming in some ways the new downtown for Phoenix. Where it's like, if you want to go somewhere, I've got, like, my girlfriend even, it's like, if she wants to go do something, it's not like we're going downtown. She wants to go to Tempe. Mm-hmm. So I think there's even that aspect to it as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of that number is getting supported by, like Joe said, you've got you you've got a lot <clears> of activity going on over there. And it wouldn't surprise me if in some ways the, like since ASU is a big business school, that um, they've really taken that business aspect of the school and just planted a ton of big businesses over there. Mm-hmm. So it's now in some ways almost like a business district as well. Yeah. So I just looked it up
2: right now. Rocky Point is four hours away from where we're sitting now. Mm-hmm. It is a longer drive to San Diego, which is six hours mm-hmm. than it is to go to Rocky Point where you can have a better time for less money. And as weird as it might sound, that's a big thing we have to think about here in Arizona because a lot of our uh, native uh, uh, Native Arizonans are going to be Hispanic and they usually are from Mexico or have strong ties to Mexico where they're coming back and forth a lot. So the ten sees a lot of business to Nogales and um, you know everywhere else, but
0: you can get to a lot of really cool spots in Mexico very quickly. Well, that's why Arizona is just a badass place to live. Four hours from Mexico, six hours from the beach. You're less, now you're three and a half hours from Las Vegas. You're two hours away from going up north to go snowboarding. Also, if you want, you know, a little more hardcore snowing, you got a seven to eight hour drive to go to either New Mexico or Colorado to get the, you know, the hardcore, I mean, you have everything in Arizona. You're just less than a day, dra- a day drive away from, like, anything that you want, which also is the reason why I think a lot of people move out
1: here. Yeah. So, after our sales pitch for Arizona, feel free to contact Mason. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he will help you live here. All right. Um, do we want to look at any more comparisons on some of those that went up and down on their prices, or do we want to move on?
0: now just real quickly where you talked about Litchfield Park, Goodyear. Yeah, they're oh, is up while Goodyear's down.
1: Yep.
0: I think a lot of people are just especially because of 2020, I guess. I think people are trying to move out of the main city. I think you have those group of people, you know, people who want the city life. You know, they're probably more drawn to that Tempe area. You know, they don't really care. But a lot of people are more scared because of the COVID stuff. They're trying to move more on the outskirts of I things. I feel
1: like people aren't. Scared of the COVID stuff, especially not. I've here. had
0: so many clients, or like they're like, "Oh, I want to move, you know, out. I want to move out here." Plus, there's more new builds and stuff. There's a lot of new build going out in Litchfield. So I feel
1: like the new builds definitely Goodyear. Goodyear's still new, so like it's going to be newer than a lot of stuff that is more in the i say I don't know uh, denser part or mm-hmm. center part of Phoenix. And so yeah, you've got a lot of more.
0: Yeah. Plus Goodyear. They're out west, but they're also going more south. People get more scared going more south out that way. I don't know because it's
1: older. Which they really shouldn't because Goodyear's new builds are happening out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're cheaper, too. But, I mean, like, so touch on that a little bit. But, yeah. New builds. It's not a bad way to go right now if you have the time. Yeah. How much time do they need? I don't know. Now, like, <laughs> my house almost took a year. And it's not even like a million dollars. It's not a luxury construction either, so.
1: Which, and we've kind of touched on this before, but as far as for people who are looking at new builds, it's, there's a couple ways to do that. If you're looking at, you can walk into a community, hey, is there anyone who did have to cancel their contract? You might be able to step into the house they're doing. So it might be several months out. So it's, if we're going to get back to where everything was before the madness, it'll be like six, five to six month build times. Right now, it's probably, I want to say eight to ten. Yep. So, but I usually tell people, prepare for like that ten month range. So, all right. Um, just going to touch on this because I feel like people throw this around a lot, but they don't know what they're talking about. Year over year, non-farm jobs in Arizona um, from last year is up 106,000. So everyone talks about, oh, there's a lot of jobs coming here, but they have no idea what that means. So there you go. You're welcome, 106,000. These jobs are spread across all of the Arizona sectors. They said 11 out of 11 sectors. So um, when you go to your New Year's party and you want to sound smart, you can let them know not just that, you've got that talking point, but you actually have the stat to back it up. Um, what else do we miss? Uh, okay, did wanna touch on this real quick before we jump into